Hello and welcome to our latest edition of the GFT podcast on all things to do with high performance computing. And today uh, we've got some great guests. Uh, we have James Wright from HSBC. We have Wyatt Gorman from Google and Martin DeHaas from GFT. If I'd just like to um, ask each of them to just describe their role and what they do in this space at their organization. So James, welcome. Uh, thank you. Um, so my name is James Wright. I'm the IT director for markets and security services, um, cloud transformation um, at HSBC. And Wyatt? Thanks. My name is Wyatt Gorman. I'm the high performance computing solutions manager at Google Cloud. And my role at Google Cloud is to bring together the needs of our customers, our partners' capabilities, um, open source capabilities, and the technical expertise within Google to solve their problems and uh, produce content that can be used by other customers with the same problem to solve their own problems. Thanks very much. And over to Martin. Yeah, hi. Uh, name is Martin Daza. Um, I'm leading the, the high performance computing capability within GFT. So we're trying to do high performance compute projects with customers and cloud providers to bring their HPC workloads to cloud, basically. Thanks very much. So thanks everybody for joining us today. Um, I'd like to put the first question, if I can, to James. Um, so how does MSSIT make use of HPC? Um, what was the rationale for migrating some of this to uh, the HPC workloads to GCP? Um, so in common with most uh, investment banks, we have uh, three major trading businesses for equities, FX, um, and fixed income. And um, at the end of the day, they have large derivative positions that are traded pretty much 24 hours a day. Um, at the end of each business day in Asia, Europe um, and the US, um, we need to do a valuation run where we use a large number of computers to calculate um, valuation, the risk figures for each derivative. Um, and then that gets passed on um, to finance functions, risk functions to the traders um, and ultimately to regulators as well. So it's a, it's a pretty important workload um, and it's very compute intensive. On-premise, um, which is where we ran it before, the, the usage of those computers goes up and down. It's quite a, quite a lot of the time, but then for the Asia end of day, it will spike up and do a, a two or three hour batch run. And then similarly for Europe and for the US. Um, and on premise, you pay for the use of that scheme, um, certainly HSBC for the whole time, um, regardless of how much you're using it. Um, and it's quite expensive and you have to balance that um, so that you, you need to meet your um, service level agreements and deliver results in time, but you don't want a vast number of computers just sitting around doing nothing. Um, so it's quite a delicate balancing act um, on premise. Um, and it, it's expensive. Um, where on the cloud, um, you can just pay per second what you are using, um, and you don't need to have particular limits on on how many computers you're using. So it's a pretty ideal case um, for moving to the cloud, because you uh, yeah you you don't have to plan to an exact level and leave quite a large large amount of contingency. Um, so that's how we. Um, started looking at moving to the cloud um, and we looked at the the equities um, workloads were the most compute intensive and we um, started moving those to the cloud 2019. 
it sounds like a um, almost like a perfect use case for for the use of cloud. And I presume those workloads need to that those calculations all need to be done in a very tight timescale and have to be delivered by the next morning. Uh, absolutely, yeah. So um, ultimately. Well, they, they need to be there for the traders when they start early in the morning, um, but but equally they have strict. We do a lot of processing after that um, in the finance systems and risk, and ultimately it goes to the regulator every day. So, yeah, there are very strict SLAs, and you don't want to be in a case, um, well, certainly um, on-premise, where you have uh, an eight-hour batch um, and you have a few minutes at the end uh, as contingency. Um, yeah, you want to manage that, which which means that actually you have quite a lot of wasted compute even at the peak. So, um, thanks, James. That sounds like a perfect use case for cloud. And obviously, um, we know that you uh, are doing this using GCP. So, why did you use GCP as the primary cloud solution for this? Um, I think there were three main factors. So, we looked at um, the GCP network is is fantastic for transmitting all this data around. We looked at their te technical capability um, and the types of machines that they were offering, and that that worked well. I think we'd work very closely um, with their customer service engineers um, for a year or so beforehand, and really had a really good collaborative partnership with those engineers. They worked with us looking at solution designs for all our cloud workloads. Um, and they worked with us to develop um, courses for our developers so that um, we could introduce not only how GCP worked, but how GCP worked um, at HSBC, um, because being a highly regulated financial institution, um, there's a lot of things you can do on your laptop at home that you can't do when you're using the HSBC managed version. Um, so they worked with us to do courses or generate courses and then deliver those with us. So we had a really good relationship um, and partnership um, with Google. Um, so I think that was the second, ma second major factor. Um, and then also, as, as well as that, HSBC very early on decided that it wanted to have um, a multi-cloud strategy for maximizing flexibility. Um, so choosing GCP for this fitted, fitted well um, into that strategy. That sounds great, and I, um, I understand it's been very successful. So, um, if I can now turn to Wyatt, then. So, um, Wyatt, what makes GCP especially suitable for running HPC workloads? Yeah, thanks, Tim. Um, I would say that there are a few important differentiators to consider when you're looking at Google Cloud. Um, one of them is certainly the way that we have a very hands-on approach to working with our customers and also working with um, partners like GFT. Um, so we really do try to um, get very, very close with customers, very uh, hands-on, like I said, in terms of understanding um, all of their needs, all of their pain points, um, and, and going you know, a little further than just lift and shift and trying to understand what the, the longer-term strategy looks like in moving to cloud. Besides that sort of, um, you know, the way we work with customers, um, I'd say that there are a number of uh, things around infrastructure and partnerships and around, um, you know, some of our cross-domain efforts and, and sort of thought leadership. Um, so in terms of infrastructure, you know, at the very lowest level, you know, it was mentioned that our, our network uh, is was an important factor in the decision. Um, I would say, you know, the, the fact that we lay all our own sub, uh, subsea cables um, which is very unique in the industry. We actually support 40% of the world's internet traffic at any given time. 
you know, that, that kind of internet backbone um, is really important, not only when you're considering, um, you know, going between your own sites, but also connecting to, um, you know, essential data in the financial services industry and, and things like that. That extends to a completely custom network in the data center, um, you know, so you, you get this sort of purpose-built uh, networking and infrastructure in general throughout, throughout our, uh, our cloud. Um, and we're also one of the biggest uh, hardware OEMs. Um, most people don't know that, but we build all our own hardware. So that makes us actually one of the largest uh, up there with, you know, Dell and HP and others. Um, and at higher levels, you know, that, that sort of lower level infrastructure is really important when you consider um, some of our capabilities like custom machine types, which let you break out of the predefined instance profile and define a, a VM type that's exactly fitted for your workload, whether that's a terabyte of RAM and 10 cores and a, a GPU, for example, right? You can really mix and match and make exactly what you need. Uh, we're the first to market with a lot of uh, the latest CPUs and GPUs. We work very, very closely with our partners in the industry there, um, not only, you know, uh, for cloud, but also to, to build better parts for, um, you know, Google in general and, and the market in general. Um, and then, you know, if you look at the way we roll out this infrastructure, um, we're really consistent in terms of rolling out capabilities and things like certifications across our regions and zones and not, you know, building out any specific uh, one little uh, region for one specific use case or something like that. We do everything in a, in a global way. Um, so that's really important when you consider uh, new capabilities that we have like confidential VMs uh, and the availability of those VMs when you're running across the globe and trying to you know, handle uh, financial markets in, in multiple different sector, uh, sectors of, of the globe. Um, and then, you know, you look at partnerships, we work very closely with um, not only, uh, you know, folks like yourself, GFT, um, and folks who are more hands-on with customers, but also uh, things like open source projects um, and, and partners and ISVs. We work very, very closely to really enable them uh, and their customers to be as successful on GCP as possible, uh, really working hand-in-hand, -hand, um, partnering with these, you know, uh, ISVs and open source projects, funding them in many cases, um, and making sure that they can continue to be successful in their community while also enabling them for cloud. Um, and then finally, you know, you look at uh, our, our leadership in AI and ML, um, you know, big data, um, containerization, and now even things like quantum computing. Um, all of these things, I think, really drive uh, a lot of customers to consider Google um, very prominently in, in their move to cloud because of you know, our, our offerings in more spaces than just one and, and our ability to handle your entire um, set of data needs. Thanks, Wyatt. Yeah, that certainly um, is quite a compelling argument for why one would go with uh, GCP for this type of application. And I know that um, obviously at GFT, we have a really strong relationship with Google and obviously very deep relationship with HSBC on this and other projects. So if I can turn to Martin now. Um, Martin, uh, from a practical perspective, how did GFT and the team help HSBC uh, with this project to migrate its workloads to um, to the cloud? Yes, Tim. So initially, GFT got involved in, in 2019, as, uh, um, as James already said, uh, when Google and HSBC asked us to design and build uh, a repeatable reference architecture for a TIPCO data synapse grid server on GCP. So this involved delivering a set of uh, Terraform, Ansible and PowerShell scripts to basically stand up and tear down a complete grid server environment on demand on GCP. So, you know, th th that was 
it takes about 10 minutes to, to basically instantiate such a, such a complete environment. Uh, most of that time is actually spent on spinning up Windows engines. Um, and then some of that work was then used to migrate uh, the bulk of HSBC's equities, HPC workload to, to GCP. Last year then in, in 2020, we were then asked to, again by Google and HSBC, to help migrate uh, the Phoenix application to GCP. So, so Phoenix is a front office uh, cross-asset valuation platform that's written in Java and that's being used by the FX equities and fixed income business lines. So again, it uses DIPCO data synapse grid server on the back end to run these uh, parallel pricing calculations. Um, so in that project, um, we deployed a team of four Java GCP application developers and four GCP DevOps engineers to, again, to come up with a production grade set of infrastructure as code scripts to stand up a whole Phoenix instance and the accompanying grid deployment for each of these asset classes. Um, we ensured that the infrastructure as code base was generic and basically could be used across all of these diff three different asset classes because they all have their own environments uh, where they're running Phoenix. Um, we also delivered a monitoring stack based on, on Telegraph, InfluxDP and Grafana on GCP. Um, and another feature that was interesting was a, a grid cost dashboard, which was built in Google Cloud Data Studio. And that was basically combining data from grid servers, Cloud SQL reporting database, and also HSBC's billing database uh, that's hosted in BigQuery. So, so basically the cost dashboard allows grid users to see which grid jobs cost how much money, and then use that as the basis for optimizing uh, future code changes and, and future grid runs. Uh, so that project was completed in about eight months and then handed over to HSBC. Um, that then enabled, for instance, the fixed income team to, to move from a position where, you know, they had nothing running on GCP in 2020 to going live, I think, last month in April 2021. Um, equities, last time I looked at it, they had a production-grade deployment, but I think they're still in a testing phase. Um, but yeah, they, they were able to increase their GCP utilization something like tenfold uh, over the course of the project. And now we're about to start a second phase of this project in June 2021, where one of the objectives is to get uh, uh, foreign exchange closer to production. So, so this was a project that was very much, I think, a joint effort between GFT, Google and HSBC um, and, and was instrumental in making it successful, I think. Uh, we delivered the project using an agile methodology. We had the two teams running alternating fortnightly sprint cycles, and that allowed us to perform show and tells on a weekly basis. So, so yeah, it was quite an interesting project. Wow, it sounds um, uh, very uh, complex, uh, and but also, as you mentioned, very collaborative in uh, the working relationship between. GFT and Google and HSBC. If I can just turn to James for for a minute, then a, um, a very intense project then to to deliver this. Um, James, what was your experience of working with GFT on this? Was it all uh, a, a great experience? I think there there it, it it's worked really well. Um, I think one of the things uh, I would just echo both Y and Martin is is that it really has felt at all times like a, a collaborative exercise where it's not one person 
or one team doing it. Um, it's uh, lots of individuals from different teams. And I mean, a team in HSBC spread across Paris, London and India, um, getting together and working together to, to a common result. So that's, that's worked really well. Um, and that's continued with the Phoenix project. Um, the DFT came in, they worked pretty independently to put that framework together, but equally they, they've handed that over to fixed income and equities um, and not been so involved for a few months. Um, so that handover worked really well. Um, it, it, uh, it didn't mean that we were completely beholden to GFT, um, but um, now that we're into the implementation for the um, FRTB calculations, yeah, we want more help um, and bringing GFT back in um, to uh, get um, all, all of the areas over the line. Um, so yeah, no, it's, it's worked really well. Um, I think um, we've used GFT for a lot of GCP engagements, um, and um, they, yeah, they have highly trained GCP staff, um, and uh, and obviously had experience of HPC as well. Um, so that that has worked really well. And I mean, yeah, the testament to that is we're bringing you back in, bringing you back in for for the next uh, next phase. That's fantastic. I mean, that's a testament to the to, to the uh, collaborate uh, collaboration between the, the whole team. Yes, I know Martin uh, has really enjoyed working on these projects. I know he tells me about that. Can I now just turn to uh, Wyatt again? Um, I, we know that Google GCP is at the forefront of innovation. So, is there anything you can tell us about um, the GCP uh, roadmap or building blocks for migrating and running HPC workloads on GCP? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there are a number of things that we've we've done recently, especially, um, and that we're focused on in the in the coming uh, you know few months. Um, one of the biggest things that we just announced recently was the bulk API. Um, so this is something that's you know fundamental to our compute engine API. Now uh, it's built in at the lowest level. And basically, it allows you to instead of creating a single um, compute instance in an API call. Um, or uh, doing batched HTTP calls, uh, not to get too technical, but that was the best way of, of doing a, a large number of calls at the same time. Now you can issue a single API call for up to a thousand VMs. Um, so that can speed up your VM creation for large numbers of instances by up to 500%. So you know when you're, when you're spinning up these large simulations, obviously you're paying for every second. Um, so it, it's helpful to get all of your VMs up and running um, in a snap. Not only will it spin up VMs more quickly than it had before though, but it'll also be able to do what's called regional capacity finding. So you can now, instead of uh, deploying VMs into a specific zone, you can request that they be deployed into a region and Bulk API will actually go and find the capacity that you requested across that region and place that for you so that you don't need to go searching around um, as, as sometimes people do with, with large uh, reservations. So that's really, really helpful um, and will be built into all of our, you know, sort of job scheduler integrations and uh, infrastructure tooling that would make use of that. Uh, we're also, uh, we just released our HPC VM image to GA. Um, so that's an OS image currently based on CentOS, uh, but there will be other flavors coming shortly that uh, has all of our HPC tunings built in for not only your compute, so optimizing you know, the, the raw floating port performance of the compute and making sure that your NUMA layout is accurate, being able to disable hyper-threading and things like that, 
but also that uh, if you're running MPI workloads, that those are tuned well, that the network stack is really optimized and that you're getting the best uh, throughput and lowest latency possible. We also have a new VM family called A2 VMs. These are uh, our NVIDIA A100 supporting VM types. Um, they're based on Intel Cascade Lake, so very fast CPUs paired with very fast GPUs. And we actually have twice the number of GPUs per VM of anybody else, of, even of hardware vendors. So that's 16 A100 GPUs in a single box. So you know, for people running very, very large ML simulations, this is perfect. We've also released a, a number of uh, updates to our Slurm scripts recently. We've released some improvements to uh, Nickel Performance, which is a GPU library um, that specifically improves ML performance significantly, but can also improve your HPC GPU performance. Um, and many, many other uh, solution guides for specific tools and applications that you can expect to see over the next few months. Yeah, thanks very much, uh, Wyatt. You mentioned uh, some of the architectures such as Slurm, and of course, we know HSBC is uh, extensively using uh, TIBCO data sign apps grid server. Have you other um, uh, case studies, tutorials that you can tell us that are happening in the future? Absolutely. Uh, so you can expect to see some more content uh, in the next few weeks around TIPCO specifically, uh, but we also have other solutions rolling out that focus on a variety of workloads uh, from other industries. So in government and academic sectors, we have a weather forecasting solution that's being published imminently. Um, in healthcare and life sciences, we'll be publishing a molecular dynamics solution very soon. Uh, later this year, we're going to publish a number of manufacturing focus solutions around uh, FEA for car crashes and drop testing. CFD for aerodynamic simulations and, and much more. So these solutions uh, cover a number of things, uh, including demonstrations, uh, code, uh, you know, guided tutorials, benchmark results, and so on. So it's it's really a full package to get customers started um, from zero on the cloud. So we're going to continue, um, you know, working on these application-specific solutions, but we're also strengthening our infrastructure tooling solutions. Um, with expanded content around Slurm, um, and you can expect to see some improvements to the IBM LSF resource connector for Google Cloud very shortly as well. Thanks very much. So turning to back to Martin, um, has GFT been able to leverage the work that we've done for HSBC in this area in other parts of the bank, and maybe even for other customers? Yes. Yeah, so, so the answer is is yes on 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 both counts there. So, so for other clients, we've delivered a number of projects and proof of concepts roughly based on the same concepts and, and roughly the same technology stack. Within HSBC itself, when we were approximately halfway through the Phoenix project, we, we were actually approached by the credit risk department because they were in the process of implementing the internal market methods uh, for measuring credit risk. Um, and as part of that, they wanted to move their HPC processing from, from on-premise to GCP as well. So at that point, GFT uh, deployed a second team of DevOps engineers who, who essentially took the Phoenix infrastructure as code base and, and got it up and running for credit risk with a few modifications. So this included uh, an enhancement that basically allowed credit risk to spin up parallel grids on GCP. So the end of day process that they, they had could be run much faster than than they could ever have done on premise. So so rather than having one grid that runs, you know, the London batch, then the Hong Kong batch, the Paris batch, um, Credit Risk was able to spin up a separate dedicated grid for London, a separate dedicated grid for Hong Kong, and which essentially meant that their batches could be run in parallel. 
and as a result, much, much faster end to end. So I, I think it's another great demonstration, really, of the benefit of running your HPC workloads on the cloud. Because if you had to do something like that on premise, you would have to, you know, duplicate your your hardware, which, which you know, for most people is is not not viable, really. Okay, so it's it's also important to highlight that the code base that we've developed um, in HSBC is a is, is a framework, really, and you know it's been instantiated for typical data synapse grid server on on GCP, but Again, it could easily be modified to support other commercial HPC schedulers such as, you know, IBM Spectrum Symphony, Microsoft HPC Pack, and and others potentially. Um, so the Credit List project um, is now also investigating GCP cloud native technologies, such as Google Cloud Dataflow and uh, Google Kubernetes Engine. So, so yeah, it's very, very exciting, very interesting. Yes, that sounds great. Thanks, Martin. I mean, a, a, a great use case um, and being demonstrating the success of the project and then being able to be used in other areas of the bank to, you know, build even more value. Um, so if I can just turn back to Wyatt for a minute, I mean, we've seen that GCP has been enormously successful in recently in financial services and signing up new customers. Why do we think that is the case? Is it the benefits that Martin's just been describing and the relationship? And presumably it's not all just about HPC, although that is obviously, as we've seen, a perfect case for using the cloud. Yeah, definitely. I I, I totally agree. I think you've seen that with HSBC, but not only HSBC, um, Goldman Sachs recently, um, I did a, a another webinar with, um, we had a recent announcement with PayPal as well. Um, and it's not just in financial services, it's also in industries like healthcare and life sciences uh, with the Mayo Clinic and Harvard Medical School and others uh, in the scientific and public sector with uh, the, the uh, LSST, the largest synaptic uh, telescope project recently, um, and the uh, NYU uh, New York University uh, system recently signed up with us. So, um, you know, I think we're really seeing the, the confluence of several efforts, um, some of which I mentioned earlier. Um, you know, things like um, not only and emphasize specifically our partnership with TIPCO, uh, data connectivity uh, specific to financial customers, um, but it's also, you know, just more broadly uh, our capabilities around big data, um, AI and ML, the combination of those two things with things like uh, BigQuery ML, um, you know, tools like AutoML, uh, which are, you know, even helping NASA find new planets. Um, and, and most recently, you know, our announcements around quantum computing um, that's, I think, something that uh, everybody is is at least thinking about um, and strategizing about. Um, and, and our multi-cloud strategy with things like Anthos, right, our support for um, customers being in, in this multi-cloud reality. Um, so I think it's it's sort of all of these things coming together in our position, um, you know, just, just broadly across these uh, separate but um, very much related and interconnected uh, pieces of the, the data puzzle. Yeah, it sounds very exciting from <clears throat> from banking to uh, to NASA and uh, to life sciences. It's it's very uh, a very broad uh, application of, of the use of GCP, um, but but it's not just about the crunching of the data and the reporting of the numbers for HSBC. Presumably, like you mentioned, AI and machine learning and the convergence between uh, the the data and the and the analysis of the data is is very important as well. Presumably, could you expand a little bit more on that, Wyatt? Absolutely, yeah. It's it's an area we see a lot of uh, very <laughs> quickly progressing development. 
we definitely see a convergence of um, not only the, the hardware, which I'll talk about, but the, the problem sets and the ways of solving problems. Um, you know, things that were traditionally um, very long running, um, you know, simulations or, or batch processing jobs um, have been coming problems that ML can solve or, or that it can at least um, model more accurately and, and give you a, an accurate enough prediction to be able to avoid most of the time, you know, the, the need for the large scale processing. Um, so we're, we're seeing this not only in financial services, uh, but in genomics, we, we started a program recently called Research Innovators Program where we support, um, you know, very uh, unique and innovative uh, research ideas. Uh, so. You know, one of those is around the convergence of genomics and AI. But we also see this in, in more traditional physical simulations where maybe AI is, is able to model that system um, in a way that's accurate enough to, to get you the accuracy of, you know, predictions and, and solutions that you need without needing to spend the vast amount of computing power that you may have needed before most of the time. So, you know, it's certainly in the, in the problem sets, but it's also definitely in the hardware, you know, you see this in GPUs today, um, but more and more in CPUs as well. Um, you know, it's it's really very much the same hardware that um, many of these problems are running on. And so, yeah, you know, if you if you look at uh, self-driving car customers and things like that, those are definitely um, problems that are uh, solved using many HPC techniques and even things like HPC libraries. Uh, MPI is is popular in um, some distributed machine learning applications. So there's definitely a, a convergence of not only the, the hardware um, and the accelerators and things, but also the tooling and the, the problem sets. Thanks, Wyatt. So um, finally, turning back to James, we've, we heard from Martin describing the journey of the project uh, for HSBC and the migration uh, to the cloud for the high performance computing. And it's obviously been uh, a long well, a relatively long journey, and we've had seen some great success. But what what's on the horizon? What's the next stage of the HSBC HSBC MSS uh, high performance computing migration? I think we've. I mean, one of the things is it, it never ends. Um, so I think there are, there are two major things we're doing just now. The, the first is that um, because you are paying per second one of the things you can do is like even if you make a calculation a, a bit more efficient um then you can implement that and you can see the cost savings straight away which is just something that never happened before on premise so certainly in december um we did some optimization on the calculations of a 20 percent optimization and that straight away um that that month um we actually had the google relationship manager phone and said what, what's happened um because our bill just went down 20 percent so there's a lot more optimization we can do and that just goes on all the time yeah the developers can see um on the gcp console exactly what they've spent to the second in the pre previous day um, and there's a lot more control there so that um, you you can manage your costs much better um, but it's not just costs going down it's certainly the case that um, the traders in market volatility have asked us to, to run the intraday risk um, much more frequently run once a day run it once an hour um, and in that case we were I think we were using 20 times the number of cores um, that we previously had on premise. So um, there's an enormous amount of flexibility 
and it, it just it's quite a change of mindset that you need to actively manage that the whole time. Um, so that continues. Um, the bigger the bigger functional delivery is the FRTB. So yeah, we're live for equities. We've just gone live in parallel for fixed income, um, but equities have a lot more calculations to do for FRTB and so of FX. So all of those need to go live um, in the next few months this year, um, and then. What's different now is that we're also looking to not only do the calculations on GCP, but, but store the results on GCP and then that pass that on to the GCP hosted um, solutions for um, finance and risk as well. So um, th there's a lot there's a lot more work um, going on. That visibility and control, you know, it's key as I as I as I hear, and um, the ability to 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 solve the FRTB conundrum by the huge compute power, I presume, is a, is a real bonus. So that's been a great uh, conversation. Thank you, everybody. Uh, thanks to James uh, from HSBC, to Wyatt from Google, and to from Martin from GFT. It's been a great conversation. Thank you very much for your contributions today.